Gary V Audio Experience. Gary, how are you doing? Welcome to Nas Talks. Thank you for having me. I noticed there's a lot of similarities between the way Nas Daily began and the way Gary V actually began because you made a thousand videos about wine. And the way Nas Daily began is through creating a thousand videos in a thousand days. That's why it's called Nas Daily, People Daily. So, but the thousand videos that I made were, you know, literally from 64 countries from around the world, content about cultures, people, places every single day for a thousand days. But you made a thousand videos about freaking wine, only wine. Did you not ever get bored? I knew what I was talking about. Nas, I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is they create content and they try to act like an expert in a field that they are not, which is why I always liked vlogging because it didn't put pressure on people to be an expert. They could just live. But at that point, I had been in the wine business more than half my life. And the way that people were reviewing wine was very stodgy and very conservative. And I wanted to review it and speak about it in a more contemporary way. Great. So, Gary, obviously inviting you to the podcast, obviously, uh, you know, we, we appreciate a lot of the work that you do and a lot of the content that you put out, me and the rest of the team. But I will be challenging you for the next few minutes, okay? To be honest, when I first saw your content, first of all, you know, it's full of like, all right, one, you don't look like a wine guy, dude. You're like, you look like the kind of guy who would drink a Bud Light and just like know nothing about wine. You're not sophisticated enough to know about Sauvé whatever, and neither am I. So I'm like, what is this guy? Like, it, it seems like there's a brand mismatch between the way you dress and the way you drink. How did it work? How did the thousand videos like actually succeed? Because I think of people wine like the one suit and tie, not in a, you're not in a t-shirt and a cap. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think that was the punchline. I think it was the answer I gave ironically to the last question. Most of the wine establishment and many other people outside the wine world didn't want me to succeed, nor did they enjoy when I was succeeding. However, in episode 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, I started getting emails from master sommeliers, the creme de la creme, saying things like, I thought you were a joke, comma, I just watched your episode on white burgundy, I'm blown away by your knowledge, or I couldn't agree more with you. You know, that's the beauty of all of life, regardless of what you look like, realities of your skills, your intent, your behavior as a human being, always end up telling the true story. The true story was my entire career of content creation, which is now going on 15 years, I've stayed very narrow, my friend, right? It's been wine, it's been marketing and business and very narrow marketing and business in my area of expertise. And I have the energy, curiosity, and creativity to say things different ways in different places, but I stay extremely in my lane which has allowed me to have credibility over time. Creating content is a big responsibility, right? Like, you know, there's, there's a billion people watching it. There's kids, there's adults, there's grandmas, there's grandpas. You know, I curse a lot in my, in my, in my normal life, but I tried really hard not to curse in my content because it's a responsibility. Creating content on the internet is like giving you an AK-47 and asking you, please do not commit murder. Please do not incite violence in social media or please do not teach people things that are bad or whatever. 
So my question to you, and I've been wanting to ask you this question for a couple of years now, because obviously I think about it every time I make content. Why do you curse? Okay, like that's not cool. Why do you do it? And isn't it irresponsible for all the kids that are watching this somewhere in India and somewhere in Belgium? Um, look, I think that in lo- I-, I curse because it's how I naturally communicate environments. I'm incredibly appreciative and empathetic and understanding of individuals that don't consume my content because I curse, that may think that I'm not intelligent or I'm unkind or I'm a bad person because I curse. I I understand it. You know, I come from a unique background. You know, not a lot of people running around the world that grew up or have parents from the Soviet Union, not Russia. I'm I'm well-traveled. I wildly love and enjoy people. So my heart is open to a lot of people who are different than me. And so I curse because I don't view it as negative and irresponsible. I find it naive when parents reach out to me and say they're upset with my cursing because they're, you know, because their 14-year-old kid watches my content. And I ask them, I'm like, do you genuinely believe that your child doesn't hear cursing all day long at school from their friends or are not hearing cursing elsewhere? I find the demonization of words often a intriguing insight to one's psyche. For example, one of the people that most rode me, you know, aggressively continued to reach out to me about cursing during America's last four years, where there's been a lot of racial tension and a lot of other things going on in our country, you know, has been exposed in my eyes as an incredibly unkind person to others, not using cursing, but has incredible amounts of hate in their heart. Let's put it that way. And so I curse because it comes natural to me. It's how it feels in my head. I I feel like in a lot of ways, I think that people should feel comfortable in their own skin. And I, in a weird way, think it's potentially helping people, not the reverse, to be honest with you. Okay, let me push a little bit further because you one can make the argument that, okay, creating content, be natural, be yourself and create content. But I don't think you should be yourself when you're creating content. You should be the best version of yourself. So like, if I just- I think, I think the most authentic version of yourself is the best version of yourself. I think the authentic version of humans is actually a really terrible image because I don't have a, a high view of humans. I, like, That's a totally different, I, I, I would argue a facade and a front and a caricature yes. of oneself, a makeup is an even worse version of humans. I actually love- But everything we do in life is a facade. All the laws we create, the constitution, all the hate, anti-hate speech stuff, that's facade. What you cannot cannot do is make up to humans. I would argue that that is macro things outside of your control and you have control, right? You have control of yourself. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. One of the things that you may be familiar with is that I talk a lot about patience because society's rules are built on people living to 50 years old. Well, we live to 100 now. So why shouldn't you have your life figured out at 18? You know, you have everything figured out at 30. That's ludicrous analytically. So I, I'm a big fan of where you're going with, you know, man-made realities and things of that nature. I think we're talking about something slightly different, my friend, which is what you are in control of. I don't disagree with your point of view. I think it's what, what would work for you and how you see it. And I appreciate that. For me, for example, I did grow up in the streets of New Jersey. I do curse. <laughs> and, and, and for me, it would be more anxiety to be in public at a dinner table cursing my 
off with my friends and having a mother and daughter come over to me and being stunned by my behavior because the 15 years of content that I've put out never once had a curse word in it. And for me, the effort of not being myself at all times and having to turn on and off would just be not enjoyable and would be more important for me to live the way I perceive my communication style from an authenticity standpoint. Here's my thing. I'm also an extremely big fan of accountability. I believe that people have the option to not listen to my podcast or watch my videos if I'm not bringing them value or if I'm doing behavior that turns them off. And so, and and I enjoy that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm very aware that I think that the cursing and the very high energy that I tend to get when I'm on camera, which is a good level above my normal high energy to begin with, you know, I'm very aware that a lot of people don't like me. I don't mind limiting my upside of growth or followers because I enjoy the peace that comes along with being myself at all times. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I love that. I'm actually partly jealous of that, uh, just to be at peace, to be the same online and offline. And that's what we aspire to be as well. Sometimes though, especially when you reach a certain scale, like if you hit a million followers and above, the, the laws change, right? Sometimes if you speak to 10 million people, there are certain laws that are introduced to how people should speak or content they should create than if they're with a dinner with their friends. Uh, but that, that's the only reason. I definitely agree that context should drive communication. I, I love that. I, I agree with that. Comma, I think the only disconnect here is the demonization of curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, really the question is about bigger than that because these are questions every content creator thinks about. And I f- have seen si- firsthand, you know, people who grew on social media and took that, be, became themselves, and then they, created more harm in the world than good through inflammatory stuff and whatever. So really, it's not about cursing. I agree with you. Cursing is, is not a big deal. It's just a word. But I think it's more about if we truly allow people to be themselves on social media, we'll end up with a messed up world. I think people- I actually, I actually think it's the reverse. Can I, can I expand? Yeah, yeah, sure. <clears throat> this thought that if you fake what you're putting out and inspire. No, it's not fake. If you, if you better what you put out, there's a difference between fake and better. If you improve what you put out and make it. No, no, I think, I think you're saying fake. And I'll, let me tell you how I see that. People that, and I, it's not very difficult for me to think about names that you could be alluding to in the last half decade on platforms, <laughs> right? If, if we live in a world where the content producer is living a different version of their life than what they're putting out, I would argue that what you're saying is something that I'm very passionate about, which is I believe that the light, the exposure that the internet is giving to the world is actually an incredible one step backwards, two steps forward. For sure. I think what's happening is humans are being exposed. I don't think social media or these platforms are changing people. I think they're exposing people. And I think what's happening, yes. it's going to lead to a much healthier conversation. I would argue that the shadows and the closets of our society have brought enormous pain. That if you look at the history of the world, when people are acting like a good Samaritan in public, but in their home, they're an alcoholic and beating their family, but nobody talks about it, that's bad. 
We've never lived in a world with this much transparency. So humans were confused by how much hate or insecurity was in other humans. I would argue that that's the beginning of a good process, not the reverse. Well, interesting point because I would argue that the social media algorithm doesn't really distinguish between morally right and morally wrong. It only looks at engaging versus not engaging. Nor, nor does message groups, forums, newspapers. Yes, yes, yes for sure. News, I mean, governments, you know, propaganda, left, right, and the middle mainstream media for every country in the world. I understand, but that's the human race. It's not an algorithm. Well, yeah. But then the human race is attracted more to like fake news or bad news or, or, or really bad stuff like terrible porn, uh, like six times more than good stuff, more than things that actually improve the world. And social media algorithms, that's why I believe- Play, play, play with me on this. Okay, let's play. That's why I believe- Yeah, I understand. That let's- social me- No, no, this is not- Social media content actually incentivizes bad behavior- on the long term, because the more inflammatory content who, you create, who, the more money who, I'll give you. First of all, first of all, I think I think you're smart enough to realize that's an extreme point of view, right? Let, let's talk about it. You know, I, I think what's happened, uh, my friend, is that you're reiterating the current propaganda against social media. Let me explain. No, I'm living it. We are if one of the biggest it, Facebook channels. I've seen then it happen. You are more than welcome to go and actually do the homework on who makes the most money on, on YouTube in the entire tale. And it will show you that positive content outwards negative content and it's not even close. What I think happens is that negative content gets more headlines than positive content, but not in reality of actions. It's just, it just Gary, does This it. is the conversation I wanted to have. I wanted us to disagree. This is great. This is good TV. To me, the question about TV or podcast or quality content is very different than the meaningfulness of this very important combo because I appreciate it and I have a lot of understanding to one's point of view in the other direction. I just want to remind people, life is about alternatives. So what would we like to happen is what I always ask people in these dinner conversations on this exact topic. Would we like governments to control social networks? I mean, we're more than welcome. I understand, we can have that. Russia has that, China has that. Do we want to go back to where the media controls everything and there's no internet and then everything everybody believes is dictated by three people? We're more than welcome. I genuinely believe what I'm saying here, which is this is going to have an incredible potential upside because the number one way people get happier is when they address their shortcomings or weaknesses as an individual. And I believe that that will be sniffed out during this 50 to 100 year process of the open for web. For sure, for sure. I mean, look, you're talking to a guy who's, I'm from a village in Israel and now we have you know millions of followers as an Arab in Israel. So we are a living example of how social media gave us voice and actually my life mission, and we're on the same page here, Gary, my life mission is to create creators. You know, we started NAS Academy. We, we want to be that academy for creators. We're teaching hundreds of people how to create content. The argument I'm trying to make here is we have landed in social media at the time of the wild, wild west. And over the last few years, it has become quite clear that the wild, wild west can be harmful. And we want to promote the positive sides of it. We want to make That's it better. Me too. 
But I think, I think it's only become quite clear to the masses in the last three years. My question is no different when people discovered America or when Israel was established or when the Soviet <laughs> Union closed or opened. You know, my question is this wild, wild west, who would you like to regulate it, my friend? You know, I appreciate what you're saying. I also think it's an incredibly basic and immature take. I really do. I, I'm not saying that in a negative way towards you. I'm saying, thank you. Uh, guess what? There was child trafficking on the internet when there was no social media through forums and dark web. Like, 4chan has been around a lot longer than people realized that social media might be harmful. I think this is an incredibly good situation. Here's my greatest fear, actually, that most people are lazy in their take on this and that governments are gonna be able to start regulating the internet aggressively because everyone's gonna want it because they got their feelings hurt on a post or there's some bad words being thrown around and I, that will actually be more detrimental than us working through our personality shortcomings, which, oh, by the way, are all predicated on insecurities and being insecure. And I would argue that the most harmful content creators are the ones that over-promote financial upside and all those kind of things and chains and Lamborghinis, which reinforce people's insecurities, which tends to lead to bad behaviors. So I think there's a lot of ways to look at the world. This is so interesting. I would actually argue and actually, I had a I had a I had a podcast with uh, the minister of law in Singapore, who created the world's one of the biggest uh, fake news uh, laws uh, called PUFMA in 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 the world, uh, which kind of regulates the internet. And I would say that is needed. And you'll see it happening. You'll see it happening. I mean, during elections, you'll see in Twitter censoring left and right. So so we cannot say it's not happening. It is happening, and it should happen even more. Sure, you have Twitter censoring and then you have Parler as an app. Popping up. This is the internet, my friend. There's only one place this ends up. This is a two-sided, incredibly interesting game. One, humans end up understanding accountability and we start becoming more compassionate to each other because of all the things we learn through the light that's happening right now. Or Mm -hmm. two, we allow our inability to see the bigger picture to create unbelievable amounts of regulations of the internet. I, I, I find it exciting that you bring up Singapore. There are plenty of people that have really incredible different points of view of Singapore. For sure. Right? I and live this, there. So, so, I mean, here's what I'm going to say. I'm uncomfortably confident, no different that cursing is not bad, that, <laughs> that the light will be better than allowing seven people in every government to control. I believe that. I got to say, Gary, I appreciate your trust. I appreciate your trust in humanity. Well, can, I t- can I tell you why? And I think you'll appreciate this. Because we're still here, my friend. I have, I have a beautiful feeling towards humanity because I think yeah. people are incredibly cynical without understanding the history of the man. Uh, we sure. progressed in a better situation every single decade and century. Now, are we at nirvana that we all want if we're kind-hearted people? Of course not. But I actually would argue that the last hundred years of communication, right, TV and print, have actually fake created some places seemed good, some bad, but, but that we have not moved the needle on humanity with each other. For example, 
without knowing every detail about you, uh, given your circumstance, your background, in the country that you were in, my heart smiles right now that there was a lot of kids that watch you that maybe were gonna be taught to grow up to not like you, who love sure. you. Israeli soldiers. Listen, that's a big deal for me. 100%. Well, guess what? The regulation that you're alluding to We'll go. We'll take that the other way. I hope you understand that. Well, well, I think that's taking it well, to the well, extreme. No, no, that's no, taking no, it to the extreme, why? Gary why? V. No, it's not. Why? No, it's- because the videos we make, we say the videos we say is like love the Jewish people. That's literally what we say. You, you don't. That's the video. Why? That's the content you, you we make, and understand. that'll never be banned. Of course it can. Love is always the most dangerous weapon. Don't be confused, my dear young friend. Love is always the most dangerous weapon? Why do you think the people that historically have been the biggest advocates of love have found themselves in the very peculiar position of being in jails and dying? Love is the ultimate weapon. Yes, for sure. I agree with that statement. On the macro, we are doing so much better and we are benefiting from it. You benefited from it 10 years ago. We're benefiting from it four years ago. All is great. On the micro, there's a lot of issues where half your country doesn't believe Biden won. There's some real systematic issues in the country. Guys, guys, listen to me. In 1968, this country was on the brink of civil war. There was no internet. Well, there was still a lot. There, no, there was still a lot of fake news. Fake news has existed for hundreds of years, I agree. But now fake news can exist much better, much bigger than ever before. That's why it's worrying. It's worrying because people are paying attention. That's a good thing, not a bad Gary, thing. Gary, a month ago, Al Jazeera made a video saying Nas Daily is part of Israel's propaganda to promote love, peace, and coexistence. And he is an Israeli agent. That fake news spread within a day, ruined the entire reputation of Nas Daily in the Arab world because of one post on the internet. That should be Nas, regulated. Who, how can you regulate a media agency that is a media infrastructure for a government? You just made my point for me, my friend. Uh, I'll tell you how to regulate it. You do it on a country level. In Dubai, Al Jazeera is banned, for example. In, uh, in Singapore, they have laws against it. What I'm saying is, I mean, ru- from Russia, from Qatar, wherever it comes, we have to do something about it. That's all I'm saying. But you're saying, let's believe in humanity, let's trust humans, and everything will be I, good. I, I think that, um, I think you're simplifying it, which I like, because I like the way you're debating <laughs> your point. Uh, <laughs> I, I, to be frank, my friend, I think the smartest people that listen to this podcast realized that your example actually made my point. I, I hope you understand that, and I'm being very serious with you. Al Jazeera is exactly my point. In a regulated country environment of the internet, that's what you're gonna get. No. Yes. We're, not, we're saying regulating social media. We're not saying regulating what, countries. No, no, what, but, but Al Jazeera is a media outlet for a country. Oh, I mean, those exist all the time. BBC, NPR, whatever it is, I mean, I, I don't know how the point was made because- well, the point was made was that's the only alternative to like, that's the, that was the alternative to our other world. The second you go into letting governments regulate what's happening on the internet, the chess moves of that game end up in BBC Al Jazeera, which is fine if that's what you're thinking is the right move. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm saying- once you open up Pandora's box, I think you're looking at the first chess move in a game that gets very slippery very fast. What I found very interesting, I think our backgrounds dictate just, our choices. Of right? course so they You come from the Soviet Union, so of course you have an aversion to that. I come from Israel, which is supposed to be a place where you can say whatever the heck you want. 
and seeing the dysfunction from saying or spreading fake news however you want and seeing the centralization from your background, I think that shapes our differences in how the world the should be run. The only place that has ever been remotely close in the last hundred years in our society to saying whatever you want is called the internet. Let there be no confusion. Gary, the internet is 30% porn. Half of it is unethical. The internet is not a good example of humanity. Brother, I, 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 I don't agree with you. The internet has to be a representation of humanity. It's consumed by humanity. Your judgment on humanity is your judgment. But I couldn't agree with you less. It's, a, it's the cleanest direct reality to what humanity is. Humans are making choices. <laughs> yeah, if humans want to make choices, they go kill people. I'm saying limit humans. And you're saying let humans be humans. And that's very let, let American. Me, let me ask you a question. Where have you liked in the last thousand years the process of limiting humans? Where have you enjoyed it? What, what do you think is remarkable? I mean, limiting humans is happening right now in Germany, my friend, where they have no like anti-hate speech laws, anti-neo-Nazi laws. I mean, limiting human is happening in Germany because of what happened 40 years earlier. I enjoy the limiting of humans that's happening in Germany. But you're making a narrow point. What's happening in Germany Why? is a very, I'll explain. You're making a very narrow analyzation on something that, to your point, is predicated on something that happened in the 30s and 40s around that one subject matter. There is plenty of hate in Germany against immigrants and non- For sure. Well, well, no, well the question let, was, no, give, the question was give me an example. The question was, give me an example of a, play, a time where you enjoyed limiting humans. And I said, that is an example. You're talking about a very narrow thing that's happened. Let me ask you the, the, the actual question again so you can answer it. Do you believe that Germany is perfect right now in your eyes, your eyes? Very far from it. Okay, so th- that's where my question's going. I'm trying to figure out what your point is. You're saying I need limitations. I want there to be limitations on the internet in a more aggressive way than there is today, which, which by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right or the other way around. I'm curious what your comp is or what your example is of what you think is good. Uh, you know, no, I, I gave that one example, but, but because this is a wild, wild west so far, we, don't, we haven't reached the good yet. That's why we're passionate about what we're saying. The question, we need to and, reach and the good and stage. I'm, and I'm passionate in saying that if you go down the path that you're alluding to, you start the process of it getting less good. I believe that to be true. Gary, you know, I love talking to passionate people. I feel like we could talk this for hours, but I have very limited time with you because you're a busy guy. I want to ask you just a couple of questions. Creators, if someone is 18 years right now, what should they do in your opinion? Should they go to government or internet? Well, I think I, I should they go to government <laughs> meaning what? In, as a job? Listen, I think people need to be self-aware. I'm obsessed with self-awareness. I actually will say that some people should probably go to government or big institutions because they realize to themselves that they don't like risk. They, they fear it and they like the comfort of institutions and maybe they'll be happier in an institution than to take the risk and stand on their own two feet. And I don't think everybody should or can stand on their own two feet from an entrepreneurial or creator standpoint. And that's okay. At the same token, if you're 18 and if it even crosses your mind, to consider to be a creator, you should probably do it because I do believe that the most unfortunate thing in the human race is regret. And if that person at 18 felt like they could be a creator, but decided to go government or or safe job, when they're 68 or 74, I believe that they're going to be incredibly regretful for not trying at least to go. You know, actually, my advice would be become a creator from 18 to 40. Then after 40, go to government because we're seeing an immense brain drain in government 
whereby the smartest people like you go to the private sector and who do you end up with in government? So Gary, are you going to politics? I probably won't for a very selfish reason. I wasn't born in America, thus I cannot be president of the United States. Oh, oh, we're not saying you should be president. How about secretary of commerce or whatever? Listen, I'm very grateful that you have opinions on what I should do in government, but I know myself. (laughs) And, and uh, And the inability to get to the highest mountain is very... D, uh, D, <laughs> demotivating. Thank you very much, my friend, for catching me there. Demotivating. On, on the flip side, um, I will say that I love your point there. And it's been something that I've been thinking more and more about, which is, you know, we've gone through a half a century where the smartest, the capable, the high energy, the good energy realize they can make a bigger impact in the private sector. Yes. And I think that you're onto something there that needs to be truly thought about. Uh, that's- so that's why, sorry not to cut you, but that's exactly why I like, I don't like vilifying government. And that's why I was pushing back at you because I felt there's a vilification of what you, a oh, government you know what, is. You know, what's, you know what's funny? I think, uh, I appreciate that. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Uh, let, me, let me create some clarity. I actually don't vilify government. I think it's been a good infrastructure for the human race for a long time. Yes. I think we were going down a narrow path of communication and information, which is, <laughs> One of the many things that government is, is and, and I do think that in a world where you don't have maybe the strongest in government, letting them make a subjective opinion of what anyone can hear or listen to is something that concerns me. But yes. I'm glad you brought that up before I ran off this wonderful podcast, which I appreciate you having me on. I, I don't vilify government. Um, and in fact, what I'm trying to do is continue to create balance between the private sector and government. And I think when you give government too much control around communications and media, that you do sway into a very dangerous place. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So just to summarize this conversation, it felt like a minute. If you're a creator, become a creator. Say your mind. The internet is a great place. We agree 100% on that. However, when you grow older, and I didn't expect this to become a conversation about politics, uh, government is a great thing. Government is a good thing. There's nothing more meaningful on the planet than government. I, and I think the overlay of the last point about self-awareness, I think whether it's government, whether it's a creator, whether it's a stay-at-home father, whether it is a lawyer, I think the world can get in a much better place if we start making success be associated with actual happiness not finances, not power. Like you wake up in the morning. Gary, are you happy? Are you happy? I'm uncomfortably happy. And it has nothing. And let me, and let me tell you something. I wish you and I knew each other our whole lives. I'll tell you why. Cause you would know at 26 working 15 hours a day in a liquor store, building a business for my father, not even myself. I was unbelievably happy because I'm happy in my process more than anything that comes along with it. And I want that for more people. And that may come in the form of being a creator or an entrepreneur like I am. Gary, we started this podcast and I knew why people hated you. But at the end of this, now I know why people liked you. Uh, Even though you come off as like angry, energy, all that, you're actually very happy inside and you're also very hopeful about humans. You know what? Let me tell you why I take it. It's less about anything other than I genuinely respect other people's point of view. I really do. I think it is incredibly inhumane to think the way you see the world is the way it should be. But I appreciate where you're coming from and I I hope that people got value out of this show.
Thank you, man. Enjoy your time. All right, episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. Today's highlighted review goes to Incredible by JJGGBNK. T with Gary V number 11 killed it. The honesty and brashness light up people's minds and get them going. The insight you gave entrepreneurs today showed me how to approach my wife with her business and how she can truly run with it if she starts the video content. She is very much like the last guest, the Jers girl, and just finds the video content to be difficult to put out. Having her listen currently, stoked to get her business and following for homeschooling doubled. Thanks. So just keep those reviews coming and we can highlight yours next.